Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and The Last Olympian. Chapter 11. We Break a Bridge. Fortunately, Blackjack was on duty. I did my best taxicab whistle, and within a few minutes, two dark shapes circled out of the sky. It looked like hawks at first, but as they descended, I could make out long galloping legs of Pegasi. The old boss, Blackjack, landed at a trot, his friend Porcupine right next to him. Man, I thought those winds gods were going to knock me, knock us to Pennsylvania until we said we were with you. Thanks for coming, I told him. Hey, how do you guys gallop? Hey, why do you guys gallop when you fly anyway? Blackjack whinnied. Why do humans swing their arms as they walk? I don't know, boss. It just feels right. Where to? We need to get to the Williamsburg Bridge, I said. Blackjack lowered his neck. You're darn right, boss. We flew over it as we're on our way here, and it does not look good. Hop on. On the way to the bridge, a knot formed in the pit of my stomach. The Minotaur was one of the first monsters I'd ever defeated. Four years ago, he'd nearly killed my mother on Half-Blood Hill. I still had nightmares about that. I'd been hoping he would stay dead for a few centuries, but I should have known my luck wouldn't hold. We said the battle. We saw the battle before we were close enough to make out individual fighters. It was well after midnight now, but the bridge blazed with lights. Cars were burning. Arcs of fire streamed in both directions. A flaming arrows and spears sailed through the air. Air. We came in for a low pass, and I saw the Apollo campers retreating. They would hide behind cars and snipe at the approaching army, setting off explosive arrows and dropping call. And caltrops on the road, building fiery barricades wherever they could, dragging sleeping drivers out of their cars to get them out of harm's way. But the enemy kept advancing. An entire flanks, flank of Drachne marched in the, in the lead, their shields locked together, tip, spear tips bristling over the top. An occasional arrow would connect with her snaky trunks or her neck or chink in their armor, and the unlucky snake woman would disintegrate. But most of the Apollo arrows glanced harmlessly off their shield wall. About a hundred more monsters marched behind them. Hellhounds leaped ahead of the front line time to time. Most of them were destroyed by arrows, but one got hold of an Apollo camper and dragged him away. I didn't want to see what happened to him next. I didn't want to know. There! Annabeth called from the back of her pegasus. Sure enough, in the middle of the invading legion was an old, was old Beefhead himself. Last time I'd seen the Minotaur, he'd been wearing nothing but his tidy whities I don't know why, maybe he'd shaken out of bed to chase me. This time, he, were, he was prepared for battle. From the waist down, he wore standard Greek battle gear. A kilt-like apron of leather and metal flaps. Bronze graves covering his legs in tightly wrapped uh, leather sandals. His top was a bull, was all bull, hair and hide and muscle, leading to a head so large it could have toppled over just from the weight of his horns. He seemed larger than last time I'd seen him, three meters tall at least. A double-bladed axe was strapped to his back, but he was too impatient to use it. As soon as he saw me circling overhead, or sniffed me more likely since his eyesight was bad, he bellowed and picked up a white limousine. Blackjack, dive! I yelled. What? the Pegasus asked. No way. Could be holy horse-freed. We were at least 30 meters up, but the limo came sailing towards us, flipping fender, 
over Fender like a two-ton boomerang. Annabeth and Porcupine swerved madly to the left while Backjack tucked his wings and plunged. The limo sailed over my head, missing by maybe five centimeters. I cleared the suspension line. Uh, it cleared the suspension lines of the bridge and fell towards the East River. Monsters jeered and shouted, and the Minotaur picked up another car. Drop us behind the lines of the Apollo cabin, I told Blackjack. Stay in earshot, better get out of danger. I ain't gonna argue, boss. Blackjack swooped down behind an overturned school bus uh, where a couple of campers were hiding. Annabeth and I leaped off as soon as our pegasus, pegasi hooves touched the pavement. Then, Blackjack and Porcupine soared into the night sky. Michael Yu ran up to us. He was definitely the shortest commando I'd ever seen. He had a bandaged cut on his arm. His ferrety face was smeared with soot, and his quiver was almost empty, but he was smiling like he was having a great time. Glad you could join us, he said. Where are the other reinforcements? For now, we're it, I said. Then we're dead, he said. You still have your flying chariot? Annabeth asked. Nah, Michael, Michael said. Left it at camp. I told Clarice she could have it. Whatever, you know. Not worth fighting about it anymore. But she said it was too late. We'd insulted her honor for the last time or some stupid thing. At least you tried, I said. Michael shrugged. Yeah, well, I called her some names when she said she wasn't. She still wouldn't fight. I doubt that helped. Here come the uglies! He drew an arrow and launched it towards the enemy. The arrow made a screaming sound as it flew. When it landed, it unleashed a blast of powerful chord of an electric guitar magnified the world's largest speaker. The nearest cars exploded. Monsters dropped their weapons and clapped their ears in pain. Some ran. Others disintegrated on the spot. That was my last sonic arrow, Michael said. I get from your dad? I asked. God of music? Michael, Michael grinned wickedly. Loud music can be bad for you. Unfortunately, it doesn't always kill. Sure enough, most monsters were regrouping, shaking off their confusion. We have to fall back, Michael said. I got Kayla and Austin setting traps further down the bridge. No, I said. Bring your campers forward to this position and wait for my signal. We're going to drive the enemy back to Brooklyn. Michael laughed. Uh, how do you plan to do that? I drew my sword. Percy? And Beth said. Let me come with you. Too dangerous, I said. Besides, I need you to help Michael coordinate the defensive line. I'll distract the monsters. We group up here. Mo move the sleeping mortals out of the way. Then you can start picking up monsters, picking off monsters while I keep them focused on me. If anybody can do that, you can. Michael snorted. Thanks a lot. I kept my eyes on Annabeth. She nodded reluctantly. All right, get going. Before I could lose my courage, I said, Don't I get a kiss for good luck? It's kind of tradition, right? I figured she would punch me. Instead, she drew her knife and stared at the army marching towards us. Come on, come back alive, seaweed brain, then we'll see. I figured it was our best offer I would get, so I stepped out in front of the school bus. I walked up the bridge in plain sight straight towards the enemy. When the Minotaur saw me, his eyes burned with hate. He bellowed, a sound that was somewhere between a yell, a moo, and a really loud belch. Hey, beef boy, I shouted. Didn't I kill you already? He pounded his fist into the hood of a Lexus, and it crumpled like tinfoiled. A few drachnae threw flaming javelins at me. I knocked them aside. A hellhound lunged, and I sidestepped. I could have stabbed it, but I hesitated. This is not Mrs. O'Leary, I reminded myself. This is an un untamed monster. It will kill me and all my friends. I pounced, it pounced again. This time, I brought Riptide up in the deadly arc. The hellhound disintegrated into dust and fur. 
Most monsters surged forward, snakes and giants and telekines, but the minotaur roared at them and they backed off. One-on-one, I called. Just like old times? The minotaur's nostrils quivered. He seriously needed to keep a pack of aloe vera Kleenex in his armor pocket because those that nose was wet and red and pretty gross. He unstrapped his axe and swung it around. It was beautiful and harsh. I'm gonna gut you like a fish kind of way. Each of, it, of its twin blades was shaped like a omega O. The last letter of the Greek alphabet. Maybe that's because that was because the axe was the last thing his victims ever saw. The shaft was about the same height as the Minotaur, bronze wrapped in leather. Tied around the base of each blade were lots of bead- bedded necklaces. I realized, realized they were Camp Half-Blood beads, necklaces from defeated demigods. I was so mad I imagined my eyes glowing just like the Minotaur's. I raised my sword. The monster army cheered for the Minotaur, but the sound died when I dodged his first swing and sliced his axe in half right between the handholds. Mo? He grunted. Ah! I spun and kicked him in the snout. He staggered backwards, trying to regain his footing, then lowered his head to charge. He never got the chance. My sword flashed, slicing off one horn, then the other. He tried to grab me. I rolled away, picking up half of his broken axe. The other monsters backed away, backed up in stunned silence, making a circle around us. The Minotaur bellowed in rage. He was never very smart to begin with, but now his anger made him reckless. He charged me, and I ran for the edge of the bridge, breaking through a line of Drachne. The Minotaur must have smelled victory. He thought I was trying to get away. His minions cheered. At the edge of the bridge, I turned back and embraced, embraced the axe against the railing to receive his charge. The Minotaur didn't even slow down. Crunch! He looked down in surprise as the axe handle sprouting from his breastplate. Thanks for playing, I told him. I lifted him by the legs and tossed him over the side of the bridge. Even as he fell, he he was disintegrating, turning into black dust, his essence returning to Tartarus. I turned towards his army. It was now roughly 199 to 1. I did the natural thing. I charged them. You're going to ask me how the invincible thing worked. If I magically dodged every weapon, or if the weapons hit me and just didn't harm me. Honestly, I don't remember. All I knew was that I wasn't going to let these monsters invade my hometown. I sliced through armor like it was made of paper. Snake women exploded. Hellhounds melted to shadow. I slashed and stabbed and whirled, and I might have even laughed once or twice. A crazy laugh that scared me as much as my enemies. I was aware of the Apollo cabin behind me shooting arrows disrupting every attempt by the enemy to rally. Finally, the monsters turned and fled, about twenty left alive out of two hundred. I followed with the Apollo campers at my my heels. Yes, Michael, you yelled. That's what I'm talking about. We drove them back towards Brooklyn, to the Brooklyn side of the bridge. The sky was growing pale in the east. I could see the the toll stations ahead. Percy, and Beth yelled. You've already routed them. Pull back. We're overextended. Some parts of me knew I was, she was right, but I was doing so well. I wanted to destroy every last monster. Then I saw the crowd at the base of the bridge. The retreating monsters were running straight towards the reinforcements. It was a small group, maybe 30 or 40 demigods in battle armor, mounted on skeletal horses. One of them held a purple banner with a black scythe on the, as a design. The lead horseman trotted forward. He took off his helmet, and I recognized Kronos himself, his eyes like molten gold.
Anvath and the Apollo campers faltered. The Chrono, the monsters, weren't pursuing. Pursuing, we'd been pursuing, reached the Titans' lines, and were absorbed into the new force. Chronos gazed in our direction. He was a quarter of a mile away, but I swear I could see him smile. Now, I said, we pull back. The Titan Lord's men drew their swords and charged. The hooves of the skeletal horses thundered against the pavement. Our archers shot a volley, bringing down several of the enemy, just as they kept riding. Retreat! I told my friends. I'll hold them. In a matter of seconds, they were on me. Michael and his archers tried to retreat, but Annabeth stayed right beside me, fighting with her knife and mirrored, and mirrored shield as we slowly backed up the bridge. Kronos cavalry, cavalry swirled around us, slashing and yelling insults. The Titan himself advanced leisurely, like he'd had all the time in the world. Being the Lord of Time, I guess he did. Tried to wound his men, not kill. That slowed me down, but these weren't monsters. These were demigods who'd fallen under Kronos' spell. I could see their faces under their battle helmets. Some of them had probably been my friends. I slashed their legs off their horses and made the skeletal mounts disintegrate. After the first few demigods took a spill, the rest figured they'd better dismount and fight me on foot. Annabeth and I stayed on shoulder to shoulder, facing opposite directions. A dark shape passed over me, and I dared to glance up. Back, Blackjack and Porcupine were swooping in, kicking our enemies in the helmets and flying away like very large kamikaze pigeons. We'd almost made it into the middle of the bridge when something strange happened. I felt a chill down my spine, like that old saying about when someone walking on your grave. Behind me, Annabeth cried out in pain. Annabeth! I turned to see her fall, clutching her arm. A demigod with a bloody knife stood over her. In a slash, in a flash, I understood what had happened. He'd been trying to stab me. Judging from the position of his blade, he would have taken me. Maybe by sheer luck, in the small of my back. My only weak point. Annabeth had intercepted the knife with her own body. But why? She didn't know my uh, weak spot. No one did. I locked eyes with the enemy demigod. He wore an eye patch under his helm. Ethan Nakamura, son of Nemesis. Somehow, he'd survived the explosion on, prin on the Princess Andromeda. I slammed him in the face with my sword. It hilt so hard, I dented his helmet. Get back! I slashed the air in a wide arc, driving the rest of the demigods away from Annabeth. No one touches her. Interesting, Kronos said. He towered above me with his skeletal horse, his scythe in one hand. He studied the scene with narrowed eyes, as if he could sense that I'd just come close to death. The way a wolf can smell fear. Bravely fought, Percy Jackson, he said. But it's time to surrender, or the girl dies. Percy, don't, Annabeth groaned. Her shirt was soaked with blood. I had to get her out of here. Black Jack, I yelled. As fast as light, the Pegasus swooped down and clamped his teeth on the straps of Annabeth's armor. They soared away over the rivers before the enemy could even retreat. React. Kronos snarled. Someday soon, I'm going to make Pegasus soup. But in the meantime, he dismounted, his scythe glistening in the dawn light. I'll settle for another dead demigod. I met his first strike with Riptide. The impact shook the entire bridge, but I held my ground. Kronos' smile wavered. With a yell, I kicked his legs out from under him. His scythe skittered across the pavement. I stabbed downward, but he rolled aside and regained his footing. His scythe flew back to his hands. So, he studied me, looking 
mildly annoyed. You had the courage to visit the stakes. I had to pressure Luke in many ways to convince him. If you had supplied my body, my host body instead. But no matter. I'm still more powerful. I am a titan. He struck the bridge with the butt of his scythe, and the wave of pure force blasted me backwards. Cars went uh, carrying. Haha. <laughs> Demigods, even Luke's own men, were blown off the edge of the bridge. Suspension cords whipped around, and I skidded halfway back to Manhattan. I got unsteadily feet. The remaining Apollo campers had almost made it back to the end of the bridge, except for Michael Yu, who was perched on one of his suspension cables a few meters away from me. His last arrow was notched in his bow. Michael, go! I screamed. Percy, the bridge! He called. It's already weak! At first I didn't understand. Then I looked down and saw fissures in the pavement. Patches of the road were half melted from Greek fire. The bridge had been beating, had taken a beating from Kronos' blast and the exploding arrows. Break it! Michael yelled. Use your powers! It was a desperate thought. No way it would work. I stabbed Riptide into the bridge. The magic blade sank its hilt into the in tarmac. Salt water shot from the crack like I hit a geyser. I pulled out of my out my blade, and the fissure grew. The bridge shook and began to crumble. Chunks of the chunks of the size chunks the size of houses fell into the East River. Kronos's demigods cried out in alarm and scrambled backwards. Some were knocked off their feet. Within a few seconds, a 25-meter chasm opened in the Williamsburg Bridge between Kronos and me. The vibrations died. Kronos's men crept to the edge and looked at the 40-meter drop in the, into the river. I didn't feel safe, though. The suspension cables were still attached. The men could get across that way if they were brave enough. Or maybe Kronos had a magic way to span the gap. The Titan Lord studied the problem. He looked behind him at the rising stun, sun and smiled across the chasm. He raised his scythe in a mock salute. Until this evening, Jackson. He mounted his horse, whirled around, and galloped back to Brooklyn, followed by his warriors. I turned to thank Michael Yu, but the words died in my throat. Five meters away, a bow lay in the street. Its owner was nowhere to be seen. No! I searched the wreckage of, on the side of the bridge. I stared at the river. Nothing. I yelled in anger and frustration. The sound carried forever in the morning stillness. I was about to whistle for Blackjack to help me search when my mom's phone rang. The LCD display said at a call from Finkelston and Associates, probably demigod call, call, calling on a borrowed phone. I picked up, hoping for good news. Of course, I was wrong. Percy! Selena Border Girl sounded like she was crying. Plaza Hotel, you better come quickly and bring a healer from Apollo's cabin. It's, it's Annabeth. And that was the end of chapter 11. Looking at the time now, I've been recording for 19 minutes or 20 minutes. That's really short for a 13-page chapter. Um, I really hope this wasn't too fast. Because uh, my stomach is kind of hurting today. So, I didn't want to not record, or I didn't want to spend too long recording, because my stomach will hurt more, because reading, or believe it or not, talking a lot makes your stomach hurt if your stomach hurts. You know, I have the best logic, if your stomach hurts, your stomach hurts when you talk. Um, 
Anyway, yeah. So, this was pre-recorded. I don't know if I said that in the intro or not. Maybe. I don't remember, to be honest. Uh, so, this was pre-recorded. So, yeah. Just so you know. I would, previously, I would say, in case you commented any questions, concerns, or complaints, which please do, um, go to podbean.com or download the app Podbean and uh, find my podcast and do so if you feel like it or want to. Yeah. Have a great day. And, uh, uh, yeah. Isaac?